0: It's time for the show that scours the globe for news that interests you. We've scoured a few other planets, too. Didn't find much. Coming to you almost live from their command center just beneath the Earth's crust, here's Jeremy
1: Bray and Wesley Faulkner with Global Geek News.
0: Welcome to the Global Geek News podcast, the show that tries to answer the question: Just what the heck is going on in the media, entertainment, and technology worlds? As always, I am your host, Jeremy Bray, better known to most people on the internet as PC Nerd Thirty Seven, and on the other end of Skype, we have my co-host Wesley Faulkner. How's it going, Wesley?
1: Things are going well. I'm a little tired. I had a very long weekend, but other than that, things are great.
0: Yeah, I had a bit of a relaxing weekend. Finally, saw the show, the Social Network yesterday.
1: Wow, oh, what'd you think? I liked it. I thought
0: it was pretty good. It, I'm not sure I cared for how they bounced around so much between like the two uh, different lawsuits or whatever. Uh-huh. But I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good movie. Although I it, I wasn't as impressed with um, Justin Timberlake as everybody else seems to be, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I thought, was okay, it, but I thought I, he
0: was okay. I thought he was
1: okay, but it's not like, like wow, he's awesome.
0: Yeah, oh, it's like everybody seems to be saying Oscar for him. It's like uh, I wouldn't really call that an Oscar-worthy performance, but uh, it wasn't bad by any means.
1: What'd you think about the the co-founder, uh, the guy who played the co-founder?
0: I liked him. I thought he was good.
1: Okay, you know he's uh, you know, right? It's gonna be. Hmm. You know what his next role is gonna be, right? Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. He's the new Spider-Man. Is he? Yep. For the I Spider-Man didn't... reboot, he's going to be the next Peter Parker.
0: Well, oh, I, di- I didn't realize they were getting somebody different for the next Spider-Man, but then again, I've never been a big fan of the Spider-Man movies.
1: Yeah, so it's a total reboot, so start over.
0: Hmm. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, I I I liked him. It definitely, I thought he was one of the more interesting people in there.
1: Yeah, he's the one who showed real range out mm-hmm. of all of them. Like, uh, being happy, being mad, being sad. I think he did a really good job.
0: Yeah, if anybody was halfway close to an Oscar performance, it would be him, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I definitely liked it. I'm kind of glad that I did wait to a few weeks to go see it so I wasn't in a theater filled with people, but the local theater's gotten to be a real jerk about letting people in to see movies.
1: What? Like, how so?
0: Well, the policy has always been before that um, if you're under 17 or whatever, you can't get into or you can't be sold a ticket for a rated R movie. Whether that's been enforced, it just kind of depends on who you have working the ticket office and whatever. Well, it seems like starting yesterday, and I haven't been to the movies in probably at least a month or whatever, but it seems like starting yesterday, or, well, in my case, yesterday, is that you if you bought multiple tickets to a rated R movie, the, whoever is selling the tickets has to physically see the people that you're taking with you to make sure that you're not taking somebody under the age of 17. So you can't go, like, buy four tickets for a rated R movie tomorrow night unless you have the other three people there with you.
1: Uh, yeah, that's a, a hassle. Yeah, well, I mean, you can buy them online, though, right? Do you have, like, Fandango? <coughs>
0: mm. Yeah, you can buy them online through, like, Fandango and stuff just fine. Although the Fandango app on my Android phone wasn't working correctly correctly yesterday for me to be able to do that. And social network's PG-13 anyway, so it didn't bother me. But even the people in front of me in line, there was this lady, clearly, she was in her 30s at least, and she was buying three tickets to some rated R movie, I don't remember what the movie was, one for her husband that was standing right next to her, and one for her little sister. Well, the ticket sales lady, about how to fit that it was for her little sister and that there wasn't a parent there until (laughs) they explained to him that the parents are no longer in the picture for whatever reason and that this older sister was her legal guardian. Even then, they were kind of hesitant to sell the tickets, but eventually they did sell the tickets to him.
1: Oh, yeah, that that sucks.
0: Yeah, they're they're getting to be real picky about it. I, I don't know why, but they they never used to be that way. I, I don't know if it was just the case of the girls that were working the ticket booth, or if that's just the new policy to be as big a jerk to your customer as humanly possible, or what. But um, I think I'll probably be downloading and, and streaming from Netflix more movies. Yeah. I don't think I'll be going to the movie theater as often anymore.
1: Oh, you gotta see Tron.
0: You know, I never even Saw the original one,
1: yeah, yeah, but still you got to see the new
0: one, yeah, maybe yeah. Uh, okay
1: there
0: there was some other movie I wanted to see, but in- anyway, enough movie talk, this isn't the movie podcast, but anyway, we might as well go ahead and get started with our stories, which of course, everybody can follow along in the show notes at globalgeeknews.com. dot com and which is of Did course we- free where you can find all kinds of other stuff like uh did a live blog last week for the Microsoft PDC keynote. Actually, there hasn't been a whole lot for the past week or two due to um, a host change because our web host just got to be horrible with constant downtime and crappy support and everything. So I changed to a new company called MidPhase, which I'll be blogging about probably later on this week to let everybody know a little bit more about that. But...
1: Did we say this episode number 86?
0: Uh, I don't believe so. So, yeah, if you're looking in the show notes for this particular show, it would be show number 86. Starting with the story, apparently one in seven people no longer find it necessary to wear a
1: watch. Yes, I would be one of the one who find it necessary to wear a watch. I I wear one every day, and I actually use it to tell time. Um, It's just because uh, it's easy to get to, but... uh, according to this article, kids these days don't they think it's more of an accessory than an actual functional piece.
0: Yeah, I've noticed that for quite a while, a lot of people not wearing watches. I among the people around my age I was kind of the holdout as to where I didn't move to not wearing a watch until oh, I guess it was about a year ago when my watch the wristband on my watch finally gave way, which for that particular watch, didn't last very long. And I actually have a new watch, but after that one broke, I just started using everything else around me that had time, whether I'm always carrying, like, laptops with me, my Kindle with me, my phone with me, my iPod with me, my Zoom with me, all of which can tell me what time it is. So I just got to the point where it's like, okay, I don't need to be wearing a watch. Yeah. I. I'm, it took me about two months to kind of get used to the feeling of not having a watch and looking down at my wrist to see what time it was, but now I'm not sure I could go back to having a watch. I just don't see the purpose of it.
1: Yeah, and also, wherever you go nowadays, there are wa- there are clocks uh, and devices with the time on it. Uh, I know even the phone at my uh, desk at work has a digital clock on it, um, and so it it is becoming less necessary. I like it because it's always there for me. Um mm. I, and it's easily accessible. I'm just actually a, a little bit of a creature of habit probably. Um
0: Well, that that's the way I was too. That's why I it took me what was it? 22 years to give it up.
1: Mhm. But I can totally understand it and it's a it's one of those things where Uh, we're probably going to lose some of that knowledge of how to make a precision timepiece because it's going to be less important. Uh, And maybe uh, watches will be something only people who dress up a lot wear, you know, like cufflinks. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I definitely notice that people who still dress up a lot definitely tend to wear watches. But yeah, all, all of my watches have kind of been downgraded to... Real basic alarm clocks. Like I have my old watch with this broken strap sitting above my, on the headboard of my bed. And I just kind of use that in, as, as an alarm clock. Although, I don't know the last time that I didn't sleep through it.
1: Mm-hmm. But Yeah, so interesting trend. Sign of the times. Uh, another piece of uh, old technology that's going to be relegated to the past.
0: Yeah, I, I was kind of surprised that it was, that the numbers are now one in seven that have given up wearing a watch that 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 number just seemed really high to me
1: yeah probably through do like the same thing that happened with you through attrition where people had watches and then the battery dies or it, it's broken or the strap is broken and just people decide you yeah, know i don't really think i really need one and don't replace it yeah
0: well and you're like me and you carry at least like a half dozen gadgets with you at all times that have a clock on them. Just don't need them anymore. But speaking of things that aren't needed anymore, Sprint is looking to phase out the IDEN network, something that is going to affect me.
1: Directly, yes. Um, You use that for work, do you not? Yes. Yeah, IDEN is uh, running off the 800 megahertz spectrum um, and apparently they're probably through maintenance or lack thereof, that's how they're going to phase out the IDEN network. So as nodes or towers go down, they just probably will stop repairing them. And they also are phasing out their 2G networks as well.
0: Yeah, from my understanding from reading various different stories about this from different sites, is they're looking to replace pretty much all of their towers as they roll out towers that can support multiple types of networks, whether it's LTE, WiMAX, whatever. something that can just basically switch from one type of network to the other with a simple software configuration. Mm -hmm. And when they do that, the IDEN network is going to go away, which is fine with me. It's old, it's slow. I mean, seriously, the speeds on my phone are about equivalent to dial-up. So seeing that go away wouldn't bother me at all, but... At the same time, I just bought a new phone with a two-year contract, so, yeah. I don't know. From the side of it, they're phasing it out over the next three to five years, or two to five years, something like that. I suppose that probably all just depends on what area you live in.
1: Yeah. But,
0: yeah, there's definitely going to be a lot of people that are affected by this. They're talking about trying to get move people over to a CDMA-based uh, two-way walkie-talkie type f- functionality. Um, I believe Verizon has something like that. And I guess that's, apparently they've tried it before and it's failed, but that's what they're hoping to do this time. But just because there's, I don't know how many millions of customers that depend on that. And that's pretty much almost entirely with business stuff. You never see the um, Direct Connect stuff outside of businesses, which is why all the Direct Connect phones suck
1: yeah um less competition also there's not a lot of uh other people providing that same service um my guess is that if you're new to your new two year agreement you'll be safe um because usually they pull it from their site as an option before they even think about discontinuing it and at least they'll um they'll honor that agreement for the whole two year uh time period and when you have that contract uh so to yeah. Three to five years is pretty aggressive. I would say is closer to the five than the three.
0: Yeah. They, the CEO or whatever and I believe there was um, another upper level guy that mentioned something about it last week as well. They were talking about like a ten year road map and this just happened to be on it in like the three to five year range
1: mm-hmm. that they're
0: wanting to get rid of it. Which, I don't know, if they're going to get rid of it, I'm kind of curious as to why they purchased Nextel in the first place. Yeah. This was all Nextel technology.
1: Unless they did it for the people and the expertise or to leverage some vendor agreements that they already had. um, Then that's a good question. I wonder why they did the acquisition.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I I can't see it um, being for necessarily for the people. I mean, the people that work on it. This is an old, really slow network, so I, I don't see why they necessarily bought it up unless they bought it up for the customer base. But. Right.
1: And it still could be for the spectrum. They still have the spectrum available, so they can repurpose that to something else. Uh, the low 800 hertz. that's something that actually goes through walls, so that that's something that could be attractive.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that, that's one of the nice things about my phone is I can still get reception inside most of the time. But, anyway, speaking of phones, Android is now the top U.S. mobile operating system, with Apple quite a ways behind.
1: Yeah, and to add a little clarification to the description, the article references the third quarter results, and I'm basically saying that uh, Android outsold iPhone just for the third quarter.
0: Yeah, I remember, what was it, um, the earnings call that Apple had like a month ago or whatever. It was like the day or two before they had the whole, maybe it wasn't even a month ago, the day or two before they had the whole MacBook Air unveiling where Steve Jobs mentioned something about the previous quarter Android being having just bested the iPhone sales, but that was before the iPhone 4 came out and that he was really looking forward to seeing what numbers with with the iPhone 4 out would be like and I'm guessing he's not going to be happy with these numbers
1: yeah um, I, I wonder if he's going to say that's going to accelerate their transition over to Verizon at least that's what the rumor saying saying they're working on a Verizon compatible phone and I wonder if this is, might be a kick in the pants to say hey Android's really, really kicking our butt. Uh, we need to make sure that we get out there on multiple carriers so we can tide this 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 migration from iOS to Android.
0: Now, Apple um, did launch a lawsuit against Motorola today, which, of course, Motorola seems to be the one that has the best-selling Android handsets.
1: Mm-hmm. And they have a very decent patent portfolio, too.
0: Yeah, I I believe this is yet another patent lawsuit, which, I don't know, I I don't remember where I saw the infographic or whatever a while back, uh, just like a month ago, showing all the different mobile companies that are suing each other. It's like, everybody's suing
1: everybody. Yes, it's a lawsuit orgy in the mobile space.
0: Yeah, and Motorola, it seems like Motorola is kind of the one you don't want to mess with because they've been around in this long enough that they've got all kinds of stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I agree. And I bet there's a lot of technology that was, that's in the iPhone that can be attributed to something that Motorola did in the past. So that, yeah. that's going to be an interesting case, and I, I actually welcome it. Welcome it because uh, there's a lot of pending lawsuits about uh, Android and its legitimacy. Um, settling some of this would actually put um, put some of this to rest and also allow Google to take action. So if they know what they can do and they can't do, then they could always re spin the, the operating system to work around or, or reinvent those issues.
0: Well, if Apple was really serious about it, they would go after the Open Handset Alliance instead of just one or two handset manufacturers here and there. If they were really worried about Android, they'd go after the Open Handset Alliance, which is mostly run by Google, but they're the ones that's really behind Android, and really they make up uh, Google combined with pretty much all of the major handset manufacturers.
1: Yeah, but, but. suing Motorola scares the scares the the wireless service providers also. So yeah. Suing the alliance probably would not scare a Verizon or uh, an AT&T or or a T-Mobile as suing Motorola does.
0: Yeah, well, back to the story. This um was a from done from the research firm Can- <coughs> Canalis, which I've never heard of they're saying that some 43.6% of smartphones sold in the U.S. in the third quarter were Android devices, compared to 26.2% being Apple, and just a couple percent less than that being RIM. I believe that was um, two percentage points less, which equals about 400,000
1: phones. Uh, And... If you're looking at the raw numbers, and there are 9.1 million Android handsets sold and 5.5 million Apple iOS devices sold in that quarter.
0: Yeah, definitely some interesting numbers. And I, I don't. It seems like uh, the original estimates, as far as total handsets out there being used of Android overtaking the any iOS device, was I believe 2013. But if They've taken this big of a leap in one quarter. I've got a feeling that that's going to be coming a whole lot sooner. Not to mention, people are going the older iPhones aren't going to be out there, and people are probably going to be switching around and stuff anyway, which I don't yeah. think that originally kind of accounted for.
1: Yeah, it all depends on consistency. As long as uh, if they keep doing this quarter over quarter, then of course they're going to overtake overall the market. Um, and also a player that's a blip, but merely a footnote in this article is Microsoft, and saying that they sold uh, a little over half a million phones of Windows phones uh, of Windows Mobile. Um, and there's a possibility that they should sell more than that with Windows Phone 7 that's going to be coming out in the holidays. <laughs>
0: Uh Yeah, I believe Windows Phone 7 starts shipping, what is it, like a week from today, I think, on
1: November yeah, the 8th? Yeah, I, I believe so, yeah, week from
0: today. Yeah, I I definitely want to get one, I don't know if I will, I really don't need a second phone, but I'd really like to have one, if for no other reason than to be able to test some apps that I'm writing that use things like the... um. Oh,
1: Accelerometer. Companies. Yeah,
0: there we go. That, that's okay. that's what I was thinking of. Accelerometer. But speaking of Microsoft, they've posted record earnings, but they're still losing billions on the web.
1: Yeah, this, uh, this article is posted on Mashable, and it seems that Microsoft keeps doubling down on the Bing bet and uh, some of their other online properties because they really feel that it's something that's going to pay off in the end. Uh, and I think we all can agree on that, but. Uh, who knew it was such a money sink? Nearly $2 billion a year is lost on their online division.
0: Yeah, that's kind of surprising. Well, the thing is, and I'm not sure how much Microsoft seems to realize this, it's that Google doesn't make its money from serving up search results. It makes its money from ser- serving up ads. Mm-hmm. And that's because everybody knows about AdSense. People who don't have AdSense accounts know about AdSense. But I don't know of anybody who's ever heard of Microsoft's ad center, their um, ad network much less, yeah. Uses them.
1: yeah, it's not very popular, but it's one of those things if it sticks around long enough then uh, they get some good reputation they also they obviously have a lot of marketing behind making sure that this is successful and also, who knows um the mobile play, like we talked about before could enhance their online services if people have a device with a lot of uh, Windows Live and uh, a lot of uh, applications that are made out of the box to talk to these services.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the stuff that they're doing with Bing is definitely amazing, and, and they just finished migrating all the Yahoo advertisers over to Microsoft's Ad Center, so I'm guessing... The next quarter should be much better looking, but I don't know they need to work on promoting their ad center more than what they currently do.
1: Yeah, I don't know how they could do that more uh, unless they actually start uh, courting more bloggers, which I don't think they have a a blogger outreach program really Not I that think I've heard what, of.
0: Yeah, I think what they need to do is they need to, like, one of their ways that they were trying pe- to get people to use Bing was with the Bing cashback, which, mm, I forget the name of the, what that program is now, or it's gone to some kind of point reward system or something totally insane that I'll never use as much as I love Bing cashback, but I think they kind of need to do Something like that to give people a little bit of extra incentive to maybe use Ad Center or move exclusively to ad Center or some something like that to get more people using Ad Center, get the word out about ad Center just that kind of thing
1: should help with that um, and uh hopefully, through business relationships through from Yahoo um they can also gain more customers that way.
0: Yeah, ho- hopefully they can definitely turn that around, but things are looking really good from their other divisions. Like Xbox, their Xbox 360 has a 38% year-over-year growth, jumping from 1.4 billion dollars in revenue to 1.8 billion for just the devices. That's not to say anything about license fees for software or anything like that. And of course, next the next quarter should be really impressive with the Connect launching here. What is it? And is it this week I think the Kinect is launching?
1: Is it now? Or is it the fourth?
0: I think so. I think it's this week that it's launching. I, I know within the last week or whatever they've been giving away Kinects on like the Ellen Show and Oprah, and I saw a commercial a few minutes before we started the show that if you go into Burger King supposedly f- every 15 minutes they're giving away a connect
1: Wow I wonder if that's attributing to their online losses <laughs> well I'm wondering they didn't really give
0: any details of that if that's a connect for every restaurant every 15 minutes or if that's a connect across the entire country every 15 minutes they didn't really specify that so I don't know I from what I've my understanding, both Amazon and Best Buy have sold out of pre-orders for the Connect, and I, I saw uh, just a headline of a story. I didn't get to check it out from I think it was like IDC today, saying that Connect is going to outsell the Move this year. So it, it sounds like they've got a hit on their hand, or at least they do in terms of pre-release publicity.
1: Yeah, and unfortunately. Uh, Moving on to our next story, it looks like Nintendo, um, their uh, golden goose, uh, stopped laying golden eggs. And now um, they're having some problems with the Wii. And I
0: couldn't be happier.
1: (laughs) Um,
0: uh, Everybody by this point knows just how much I hate motion gaming. And basically pretty much any move that Nintendo has made since... Well, uh-huh. the GameCube.
1: Sony, move, move Sony.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, they're, they're, this is their first six-month loss in a seven-year period. So basically pretty much everything since like around the time that the Wii came out. As, even though the DS and stuff is still a solid performer, now sales have really slumped off and... Now things aren't looking so bright for them, especially now that they have some motion gaming competition from both Microsoft and Sony. Basically now all all they have going for them is the 3DS, and that's been pushed back next year.
1: Yeah, they've been riding away for a long time without doing any real innovation, Um, especially when we talk about the last time we saw them at E3 and what kind of lackluster uh, turnout that they have about what they're doing in the console space. Um, and then both the ether before that, what they have, like, you know, the health monitor and all that stuff. That's just like, what, what are you going with this? Where are you going with this? And, uh, seems like they're, they're, they're resting. They're, they're laying back. Um, they need to come out of the gate with something other than just a black Wii and integrated, uh, motion plus they need to, to, to find if it's an accessory like, uh, an enhanced sensor bar. I mean, we already got that already, but, um, maybe, um, Find some way to pump out the graphics. Maybe the Wii HD that was rumored a long time ago. Maybe it's time to let that bad boy loose.
0: Yeah, then they need to do something. I think they need to get back to the gamers because there's been stuff that's shown that the casual gaming market that they really targeted with the Wii, they'll buy the Wii, and then they'll just play Wii Sports all the time. They won't go out and buy... Other games like Mario games or whatever. I mean, Mm -hmm. some that have played like Mario games and stuff in the past will, but like people that are, for the cases of um, businesses getting the Wii, like nursing homes and stuff like that, they're not buying it for all these different games. They're buying it for these uh, and getting like these Wii sports games that a group of people can enjoy. Right, And, and and I think if Nintendo realizes that the money is with the gamers not the people that are sitting in a nursing home about to croak then I think they'll they might get back on track
1: also I feel that their online catalog of games is not very robust Uh, I'm talking about WiiWare where you can download uh, games Uh, that that store was pretty stale at least the last time I've checked it Um, they haven't had I mean what if they came out with, like, a Farmville game or a Bejeweled game or, or uh, Plants vs. Zombies or something like that in which something that works on a cell phone – Who I mean, it sounds like the Wii might be a very good companion for that. Uh, they haven't jumped on that and gotten developers for those casual games that people get addicted to, like Angry Birds. They, sh- they should totally get that uh, for the WiiWare.
0: Yeah, the WiiWare stuff – It's like, they have a nice catalog of, of like, they have a good bit of their back catalog on there for, like, old Mario games, old Zelda games, and stuff Uh like that, but they don't have any, like, real new exclusive type games. They're basically just reselling stuff that people already have on other systems, or already have ROMs for, from games that are 20 years old. Which in my case, I usually play all those games on my PSP. But yeah. uh, I'm I'm a little different. Not to mention, a lot of those games, it's like you kind of want the original controller to play them, not this we remote nunchuck combination
1: thing. Yeah, and unfortunately, there's a little bit of a lag with those games too. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately.
0: Yeah. I... Unless there's maybe something that changed with the, like the software update or whatever for the Xbox 360 that came out this morning, if you really want to know what lag on gaming looks like, try a connect. You're going to see like about a third to a half of a second lag, or at least that was the case when I tried it about a month ago. Well, I guess it's been about two months ago now. But Yeah, that's, that takes quite a bit of processing time or something. But yeah, the this gives me a little bit of faith. There seems to be a big push towards PC gaming in the past month, which I'm not, which it seems to be driven mostly by Microsoft. But I'm all in favor of that movement, and if we can get away from this whole motion gaming thing, the happier I am.
1: Well, it looks like you're gonna get your wish, uh, at least for Nintendo. there is. I mean, uh, as we approach Black Friday, there's nothing appealing about the Wii that I can see. Um, I know they have new integrated Netflix, so you don't need the disc anymore, but that's something that's not necessarily something they've done. That's more Netflix's push. Um, they, they are not an innovator, and it's they're not perceived that way, and they need to change that.
0: Yeah, they need to finally pull their head out of the sand and realize they need to do what the gamers want, where they want the high-def graphics, they want games that are more than platformers. They want something that's gory. They want a, a console where they can at least even pop in a DVD on, because you can't even do that on a Wii. Uh-huh. I mean, the Wii is just very disabled. I mean, there. I know there used to, I don't know, I don't think it still works, but there used to be a hack that you could do to make it run DVDs. But something like that should just be able to run a DVD straight out of the box.
1: Yeah, they just didn't want to pay for the, me- le- the licensing to do that. That's the reason why. Um, but, yeah, it's supposed to be a cheap console. I mean, they actually do make money on each sale instead of uh, it being a lost leader. Um, but, I think it's run its its course.
0: Yeah, after the GameCube, Nintendo was kind of really in a lot of trouble as to where they had to have something like the Wii. Now, I think they're kind of getting right back into that spot. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And it's all because they Want to keep going with a cheap console, and in turn they make everything really underpowered. Right. But speaking of video games, starting the Supreme Court case for banning violent video games starts tomorrow.
1: Yeah, this is uh, elevated to the Supreme Court um, from California. Um, they had a ban about uh, minors not able to buy to 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 buy violent video games. And um, what they're trying to do is see, is it legal for them to restrict this? Uh, Or is violent video games or any video games a form of expression, free speech, and should be allowed? Uh, Interesting case.
0: You know, I'm kind of surprised that they actually decided to hear the case. And I, I think if this was probably any other violent video game case other than the one coming from California and having Schwarzenegger behind it and everything, I don't think it probably would have been heard by the Supreme Court. But I'm just surprised that they're actually hearing it, because every other state Supreme Court in the country has said, no, you can't do this, it violates the First Amendment. All the appellate courts have said, no, you can't do this, it violates the First Amendment. So why they're taking on this case and acting like, well, maybe they'll rule differently seems kind of strange to me
1: yeah one thing i do love about the supreme court at least the 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 current class if you will um they seem fairly smart uh, both generally speaking and technolo- uh, technology wise speaking they seem to know what they're talking about and uh their debates are very insightful uh intelligent and uh worth well thought out
0: yeah they seem to have more of a clue than the general judges, especially the ones on the Ninth Circuit who don't have a clue about anything. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I I don't know. My best guess is they've decided to take the case just so that they can set a precedent across the whole country so states stop trying to shove all this stuff through only to have it thrown out again.
1: Yeah, I I think the whole free speech thing is something that's very important, and I think that's probably what would pick their interest.
0: Well, there, there's a lot of people that are worried about this, even outside of the gaming community. Just general artists think that if they ban violent video games, it's going to restrict them from whatever their particular form of art is, whether it's music, painting, whatever.
1: Yeah, it's all I guess because it's this is 18 and young or younger than 18, calling the children a protected class, a different class um, uh, as they access the the Constitution. So um not all, no matter if wherever this case goes, um, I hope to get more information through um, through this debate about what access minors have to um, their own rights as an American citizen
0: Yeah um, I believe it's going I believe it's Kotaku that is going to have a reporter sitting in the court for the hearing tomorrow so for those that want to stay up to date on, what all happens in court, I would say you'd want to keep an eye on Kotaku, although I'm sure other sites are going to be keeping a close eye on it. I'm sure ours, Technica, especially, they tend to have really good coverage of stuff like this. So those are definitely a couple of places to keep an eye on for more news about this. And I may even cover it myself on Global Geek News. So we'll just have to see. But yeah, it's definitely going to be a court case that I'm going to be watching very closely. But speaking of things that need to be watched a little bit more closely, ACTA, because apparently there's a bunch of over 70 law professors from across the country have signed a letter to President Obama demanding that a little bit more um, transparency over the whole ACTA thing.
1: Yeah, ACTA, the secret treaty that could, uh, even though it's secret, there's a lot of people talking about it. And what these professors are trying to do is debunk the myth saying that it won't change any existing laws as it stands. Uh, According to their review of the draft, it will. And they're pushing to try to lobby Congress to reject ACTA and and not let it go through.
0: Well, they're also saying that the government's been treating ACTA like an executive agreement as to where it doesn't need... Congressional approval. Basically just has to be the president given it the okay when that's not the case. It has to be the um has to be Congress that deals with intellectual property I- issues.
1: Oh. I must have missed that there. Um well they say it's definitely worse than what it was le- we're led to believe. Um, and they're making sure, or that, that the word gets out, um, that ACTA is bad for Americans, and we need to make sure that uh, it doesn't pass and we, it never gets enacted. With the amount of hubbub around ACTA, what do you do? You think uh, America's or the United States is going to listen and not pass it?
0: You know, I don't know. I, I've seen a lot of stories over the past month, ever since the supposed final draft has come out and I know there's still some minor terms here and there that have to be worked out and whatever, but I've heard different things from supposed senators or whatever saying that they want nothing to do with it, that they're kind of in the same boat as some of the other countries that have backed out of it, like Mexico the EU doesn't like it, Um, I believe India has backed out of it I don't know if they either backed out of it or they're objecting to it or something to that extent. There's a whole bunch of different uh, countries that are trying to fight against it now. So it seems like just about the only one that who still really kind of wants it to go through is Obama, even though the stupid treaty has been watered down so much that it doesn't really accomplish anything, at least in the U.S.
1: Yeah, I wonder if it's one of those, uh, it'll be better if we had more foreign rel- goes into the foreign relations uh, uh, policy and try to be more engaged with the rest of the world, so that could play a part of it, too.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see just how this plays out because you would think that he would have to kind of listen when you have a group of 70 law professors from universities around the country saying, oh, hey, you can't do this. You'd think that he would want to listen. Otherwise, something like this, as soon as it gets signed, would probably get dragged straight into court.
1: Yeah. Well, supposedly he's the most uh, technologically educated president we've had, Um, and he has a lot of tech-savvy people around him in his administration. I'm guessing that by the end of this discussion cooler heads will prevail and ACTA will not be in, in, uh, signed into law or or put in, put in as uh, signatory to this treaty. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm guessing, and um, I have faith that it, it won't ever come to pass.
0: And the ironic thing is President Bush uses an iPad. Yep, Obama can barely use a BlackBerry. Anyway, um, speaking of legal issues and piracy, a court in Germany has slammed a music pirate with a huge fine of $41, or 30 yes. euros.
1: Yeah, 30 euros, uh, fi- uh, uh, and which is a sensible number, which is also sensitive. It is Even the inflated amount by American standards was low. The inflated amount for sharing two songs uh, a few years ago, uh, the artist or the the equivalent of the RIAA, were looking for 600 euros, which is equivalent to 828 dollars, and mm-hmm. and that's basically 300 euros per song. And he said, you know, that's way too much. Which that how much they're looking for is cheaper than the settlement cost that the RIAA asked for here in the United States. Uh, So he got it down to 41 bucks, uh, 30 euros, which is what, 15 euros per song.
0: Yeah, it's kind of nice to, at least there's a legal system somewhere that isn't as screwed up as ours is, where ours, you can, what is it, uh, it, isn't it like a hundred and something thousand that you can be charged for for willful infringement? Uh, one hundred and fifty thousand. Just look that up. It can range between seven hundred fifty dollars to one hundred and fifty thousand. Seven hundred fifty dollars for just one song is a little bit insane, and it's kind of nice to see that there's a legal system somewhere that realizes that's plain, that's just plain stupid.
1: Yeah. How much was the artist really? Wronged and how much did they lose um, one part of the decision to reduce this number is uh, the songs that were being shared were old and they were available for a relatively short period of time, which means um, that very few people probably downloaded it from from this file file sharing site so th- those two factors were huge in reducing the fine down to thirty euros
0: yeah and, and every single Piracy um, lawsuit that we've talked about with the RIAA, with like Jamie Thomas and oh, what was the name of the kid at uh, what
1: Harvard it? or whatever?
0: Yeah, Harvard or MIT or whatever. Um, I can't think of it. But in any of those cases, those kind of factors never even entered into anything. Nobody, the when it came time for handing down the great, big, huge million dollar plus um, fines or whatever, they never took into account, okay, this is how long it was up, this is how old the song was, this is how popular the song was, any of that. It's just a case of, okay, you have a scale of $750 to $150,000 per song, and we're just going to give you a fine somewhere in there. We're just going to throw a dart on a dartboard, and that's the fine that you get.
1: Yep, that sounds about right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so now I kind of want to move to Germany.
1: Yeah, Sensible Laws, but uh, uh, from the music this guy was sharing, not so good music.
0: Yeah, the two songs that he was sharing were Angel by Ramstein and Roll Over Knot by Marius Mule Westerhagen, I guess that's how that's pronounced. I don't know. I'm, I'm not very good with uh, pronunciations from names from that area. But, yeah. I, 600 euros is what they were wanting. Only ended up having to pay 30 euros because even 600 was grossly over what it should be. I mean, Personally, I think 30 euros is still too much. I mean, if you can buy the songs for a dollar off of iTunes... Make him pay $2, call that a dollar penalty, and be done with it.
1: Yeah, but uh, they rolled the dice and uh, they lost. Um, but speaking of file sharing, seems that BitTorrent uh, still dominates global Internet traffic, at least on the upload portion.
0: Yeah, I, th- this is kind of the numbers I was looking at these kind of surprising me. They're saying that this, of course, coming out of Sandvine, which, mm, if you've heard of them, that would only be because they were the packet-sniffing people that Comcast used to slow down BitTorrent, that could do all the deep packet inspection and all that kind of stuff. Of course, this is a Canadian company, and, well, now they've come out with some... uh, Numbers as far as like just general internet traffic saying that 53.3% of all of the upstream traffic on the average day in North America is contributed to peer-to-peer, which um, download isn't near that much. I think it was uh, 13.2%, with most of it going towards real-time entertainment. Uh, I believe that was... Uh, 45%, something like that, is real-time entertainment, which I assume has got to be something like um, Netflix, because I heard there was a story like a week ago saying that Netflix now accounts for 20% of the mm-hmm. internet traffic during peak hours or whatever.
1: During prime time, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah during prime time. Uh, and then, of course, you got YouTube and stuff on it on top of that, and... I'm kinda of surprised that it's that BitTorrent has actually grown or peer-to-peer in general has actually grown four percent of overall internet traffic in the past year, despite there's been several studies showing that the number of actual people using peer-to-peer has dropped and with as um just as popular as services like Netflix streaming has become I'm kind of surprised by the numbers that it still has.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: the upload numbers definitely make a lot of sense.
1: That's for sure. Yeah, I'm wondering if they're talking about... Like, we're on Skype right now, it uses P2P. Um, I wonder if they're talking... When they say P2P, they're talking all P2P, or are they assuming BitTorrent?
0: Um, for peer-to-peer, I believe they're counting BitTorrent, the Nutella network, which is, of course, things like the now-defunct LimeWire Frost Wire, stuff like that. Um, I would presume like maybe like an e-donkey, that kind of thing. As far as something like Skype, I believe that falls under their definition of real-time communications, which has 3.1% of internet traffic. Okay. Which, um, just before we started the show, there was a story that came out of Reuters speaking of Skype, that says that Skype is going to be looking for a 750 million to a 1 billion dollar IPO next year. Wow, which is well, they're ju- they
1: were acquired not too long ago by that private equity firm um, away from eBay at what I hear is a song. So uh, raising money via IPO is probably something that we expected.
0: Well, they've been. Wanting to do that for a while, that there was uh, rumors earlier this year they wanting they were wanting to do a hundred million dollar IPO, but of course for the world's largest telecom, a hundred million dollars seems to be pretty low, and now a billion dollar IPO seems to be a little bit more in the right ballpark.
1: Yeah, uh, it 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 does. Um, sorry lost my place here for a second.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's okay. I kind of took us off on another story that we don't have listed. That was just something that came across my stream like about 15 minutes before we got started this evening.
1: So, uh, should we skip to the next story? The judge realizes uh, on the internet no one can tell you're a kid?
0: Yeah. uh, Yeah, we're doing okay on time. Um... Yeah, so apparently Massachusetts had tried to implement or had changed a part of their laws for hopefully protecting minors from harmful material. Well, apparently up until now, this um, this law that's protected minors from harmful material, which I would assume would be basically like keeping them out of the porn shops and stuff like that, had never been applied to the Internet. Well, earlier this year, back in April, they went through and changed this law saying, okay, the stuff that, for the things that could be harmful to minors, it now covers email, IM, text message, other communications created by the means of the Internet or wireless network, whether it's computer, telephone, or any other device, or by any transfer of signs, signals, writing, images, sounds, data, or intelligence of any nature transmitted in whole or in part by wire, radio, electromagnetic, photoelectric, and photo optical systems. So basically they tried to take their current law, shoehorn it onto the internet, but they didn't but they did it in such a way that it's like, okay, anything could possibly be deemed um, harmful to minors and there's no way to tell what the age of the person is that you're sending it to anyway.
1: Yeah. Much less they
0: could, if they're even within the borders of Massachusetts.
1: Yeah, you could have like uh, National Geographics. Uh, I remember when I was a kid that was one of the ones where uh, you could see naked people uh, readily without any supervision or access needed. Um, so there, there are a lot of education sites and um and we're talking about it could be more than it could be little under nudity, so even some YouTube videos like Obama Girl could be fall underneath this law uh, if 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 someone to team deem, deem that um, harmful for, for kids.
0: Yeah, apparently, this all came out of a uh, thing, I guess it was like back in February where. A conviction for a man got overturned who had Mm -hmm. supposedly had um, an inappropriate instant message conversation with somebody who he believed to be 13, which in reality was a cop. Uh And apparently he ended up trying to meet the girl, whatever, what he thought was a 13-year-old girl. And apparently they didn't really have any good laws on the books for trying to do something like this. So this was just kind of a rushed together thing without anybody really even thinking through it. And now the whole, all their changes to this law have been put on hold because, or thrown out entirely because it's pretty much very much against like the first amendment.
1: Yeah. It's kind of funny how this came from uh a, "Quote unquote," Chris Hansen moment, um, but uh, this is an interesting law, and I'm glad that they s- had the foresight of saying, you know, there's, there's, this is overreaching. Uh, let's pull it back until we can actually look it over and make sure, um, make sure that it is being covered, um, covering the right people, and not having this harm inadvertently.
0: Yeah, the judge basically said the idea behind this is okay, but mm-hmm. the way the they wrote the law, or wrote the changes to the law, it doesn't take into account intent. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the biggest thing here is like, okay, is the stuff that's being sent intended to be for somebody of a certain age? Is it intended to be harmful? That, that kind of thing. I mean, kids can stumble across anything on the internet. If I'm Somebody who hosts a certain kind of content, I shouldn't be held liable for something that they stumble upon on my website just because they come to me. I wasn't the one who went and sought them out and sent them material without being first asked for it or whatever.
1: Yeah. And also, this goes to sexting, too, so... Um, And all different forms of communication. So I could fax naked pictures to people um, and that would be against this law. Um, So uh, generally speaking, law caused a lot of problems. They're pulling it back. I wonder, um, a a lot of other uh, states probably will see this and uh, use this as a case study of how not to write a law to protect kids.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see how long it takes them to... Make the appropriate changes on this, or and what effect it's going to have on other states that have similar legislation that was thrown together. But it's definitely going to be something interesting to watch. And our final story, another yet another court related story, has to deal with Amazon. Of course, it was this several months ago, they got sued by the North Carolina Department of Revenue for thinking that. They had some tax money coming to them, and they wanted to see the invoices for people in North Carolina that made purchases. Well, apparently Amazon doesn't have to turn those o- over, because that's protected free speech by the U.S. Constitution.
1: Yeah, which is awesome. Um, so uh, the state does not have the right to ask what you have bought or purchased from any vendor. Um, I guess not without a uh, a warrant or subpoena for each individual person. Um, And I applaud this, and I'm glad that this happened.
0: Yeah, so uh, the Carolina Department of Revenue was basically seeking invoices or all of the sales data from customers with a shipping address within North Carolina made in between the years of 2003 and 2010, which, according to Amazon, was about 50 million transactions and essentially, North Carolina felt that they were screwed out of tax revenue on things like books, films and other types of material for the fifty thousand per- or fifty million purchases.
1: right. And what was awesome is that Amazon provided the list of everything people bought. But it didn't. But they didn't attribute it to what items went with what households, which is pretty good and awesome because uh, the lack of clarity in the language to ask for this information.
0: Well, well, the big thing with it here when the story broke was that being able to see the different kinds of things that people bought, like books and movies and stuff like that, if they turned over just the things that was bought, that's probably okay. I mean, that's probably all going to end up on some kind of statistics information for like a bestseller list anyway, so that's not really anything that matters. But identifying purchases with a specific person, that especially when you're dealing with something like a government as to where all this stuff is going to be public, that's going to cause problems because if you have, say, a political candidate that maybe bought a book about some hot-button topic, say homosexuality or something like that, that's going to be a real big thing come political season.
1: Yeah. I think also um, in this hard, the hard economic times, uh, I guess this is their creative way of trying to squeeze out extra income and revenue that they couldn't get otherwise.
0: Yeah, it, it's... I was kind of... Glad to see that this came through. Amazon has uh, seems to like to fight any state they possibly can when it comes to taxes. Of course, they've pulled out of a number of states that have tried to charge sales tax by saying, "Oh, hey, you have affiliates in our states that constitutes a presence. Give us sales tax." Mm -hmm. So they just pull out. They just kill their affiliate programs in those particular states. Don't like the idea. I got screwed by it by myself, but uh, I'm still firmly behind Amazon on that. So
1: yeah, they're ballsy. Congrats to them.
0: Yeah, all hail Jeff Bezos. Mm-hmm. He should be the next president.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> Are you voting <laughs> tomorrow?
0: Mm. No comment on that. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'd have a, I'd have a George Carlin video. I'll send you for whether or not I'll be voting. But, um, yeah, we can't play that on this show. It's not really safe for work. (laughs) But if anybody wants to know my opinions on the whole voting thing, hit me up on Twitter, which is, of course, at PCNerd37, and I will send you the link as well. Again, not really safe for work, considerable amount of language, that kind of thing. But, anyway... That would be all of our stories for this evening. And, and like I said, you can, of course, Twitter me at PCNerd37, or you can do go the more official route, which is at Global Geek News, if you have anything site-related to discuss, tech-related to, to discuss, if you have any links that you'd like to see us, any stories you'd like to see us talk about on future shows, anything you'd like to see us put in the Tips of the Week post, which I haven't had a chance to do that for... The last week, maybe last two weeks, something like that. But uh, there will be one of those this week, now that we have the whole server move thing out of the way. But, yeah, if you have anything like that, feel free to Twitter us. You can, of course, always stick stuff in the comments at globalgeeknews.com and send us an email at globalgeeknews at gmail.com. And I think that's pretty much it. Don't forget to check out, of course, all the show notes at globalgeeknews.com com, as well as all the other cool posts that we have there, and don't forget you can check out Wesley, who is oh I keep forgetting Wesley. is it WesleyFaulkner.com?
1: WesleyFaulkner.com, yes.
0: Okay, that, that that's what I thought, but I wasn't sure. For a second there, I wanted to say at Wesley83.com or something <laughs> like that, but no, at Wesley83 is your Twitter handle.
1: All right, and if you can't remember that, you can also hit me up on Twitter. Wesley83, and then look at my bio, which has a link to my blog, <laughs> Yeah.
0: Anyway, I think that is pretty much it for this week. We do have um, some announcements here coming up very soon. I don't know if it'll necessarily be next week. It's a good possibility. Just some things that are going on in the background, some changes to the show. But uh, as soon as those happen or get ready to happen, we will certainly... Let you know. Don't forget, you can always always donate to the show, especially now that I've changed to a new host and had to endure the expenses of that. We can always definitely use your financial help, whether you're subscribing with the $5 a month donation or the one-time donation, which you can donate any amount you want. And, of course, anything over $100 will get you a free Global Geek News t-shirt. And you can, of course, buy stuff from the Global Geek News online store which is linked to both in the show notes and at the top of globalgeeknews.com but yes do please support us um this whole server move thing was a little bit more expensive than i was hoping but not too bad i'm i'm still i don't know probably 600 dollars in the hole or something like that but uh hopefully that'll one day rectify itself and i think that's pretty much it unless there's anything you'd like to add
1: Nope, that's the show.
0: Alrighty, well, don't forget to check back next week when we will hopefully have another show. And yes, I do realize, I just realized right before this show, I never did release the last show. So hopefully I'll get the last show released. Actually, I think maybe I'll release the last show tomorrow, this show on Wednesday. Yeah, I think that's the plan. Just give them a day in between.
1: Okay.
0: Anyway, we will see you guys next week.
1: Later. Later. Later.